0: you a candle. I see Ryan's having a light bulb moment. <laughs> so we're going to look at probably like, you know, we looked at John three sixteen recently. Do y'all remember that? Do y'all remember when we looked at that? That was on Wednesday. If you're like, wait, we did, yeah, Wednesday, we went all, I mean, it was amazing, okay? Not because I did it, it's nothing to do with me, it's because what God said is so cool. And we looked at John 3.16, which is hands down the most popular verse in history, right? Like, it's not even the shortest one. The shortest one is Jesus wept, but I guarantee you more people know John 3.16 than Jesus wept, because most people don't know why Jesus wept either. We're gonna get there, that's gonna be fun. So, we looked at that, and today we're going to look at probably... I would say the most popular parable Jesus ever gave. In my view, I think so. And you may say, no, what about this one? I mean, if it ain't got a song, it ain't that popular. Okay? That's how we know. That is how we know. Can anybody take a quick guess? Let's just say, let's just see if anybody's got a guess. We got candles. It's kind of dark. This little Light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Come on, church. Oh I won't let Satan it out. What's the other one? Hide it under a... No. Okay. This is what we're covering today, guys. And I love how God does this. The simplest thing that we turn and teach to kids that we have no clue what we're saying. Not a clue. We're just like, yeah, little light. It's like my faith. And like, I'm not going to let the enemy come and take it. But isn't that funny? Because I won't let, and then we hide it right back. Like even in our ways that we do it, like we're still getting the message wrong. This is what we're talking about this morning, guys. And y'all are going to think like, oh, this is going to be so cute. This rocked my world. And I grew up in church. Singing that very song in that very way. We didn't really do it slow. We were like. Mm, 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 that's how we did it, yeah. And if y'all don't know, that's when you're supposed to clap, by the way. It's on the upbeat. Okay, so. Now, this parable is given in all four Gospels, actually. Most will tell you only in three. But I'm here today to tell you, now. Nah. In all four. Y'all know John. He's becoming... I I used to think that Paul was my favorite, you know, out of all the writers of the Bible. But John's really becoming my favorite. This dude just dances to his own drumbeat. Like, just... Every time he tells a story, he's just like, Yeah, let's... We can do better. And so, (laughs) he shifts and changes it. So, what I think we need to do to look at this parable, to start understanding it, is we've got to break it apart. And we've got to start with John because he really lays the groundwork for this idea I know his gospel comes later. If you're looking back at all your other notes and you can go study it, I highly recommend doing the review of all the other sessions, okay? I'm not going to do that review today. You should know kind of where we've left off. If you're like, I have no clue where we've left off, go back and watch them. They're on the YouTubes. They're on ardentchurch.com. They're, they're in the app. Like they're, it is the most accessible thing you can possibly get to. There's only one Ardent Church. Just put Ardent Church and we're all that shows up. Like, it's not hard. Go back and listen to it and watch it, because this is going to fall right in line with it, okay? So we have to break it apart, and we're going to start with John to break it apart, because he really lays a lot of of, of groundwork and really expounds on this idea of this little light, this idea of of this light concept. And then we're going to look at the actual parables where Jesus actually said these things. Now, in John, Jesus actually speaks and says this phrase as well. I thought it was so funny how, out of nowhere, by the way, and like, like I said, guys, you'll have no clue how weird it is to be sitting there singing and hear a song in your head that you have not listened to or heard in decades and you don't particularly like. Like the, this, what song did we sing? I can't remember it now. Not that this is my desire song. The other one. You're all I want. You're all, who, who's ever heard that song? Like it's a super popular one from back in the day. I never liked it. And God's like, it ain't about what you like. Listen to the message of the song that you're singing. And that's, that's what was choking me up. I'm like, why did I not like this song? It's amazing. Oh, it's because I didn't like the beat and the rhythm. and Yeah. See how picky we are with our worship. But there's another song that's super popular. And it starts off with, light of the world. You step down. Super popular. That was like the first song I ever learned. I was at a youth camp and I'm like, light of the- I love this song. It was like my Christian version of like Free Bird. Play it again. Like we're just going to play it forever. I loved it. And I was like, I'm going to sing that song because it goes with the message. And I was like, no, I'm going to have you sing all these other songs you don't like. And like, yeah, it was, it was intense. And the reason I say all that is because we have to understand this phrase, light of the world. Because this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That's a play off of the idea of the light of the world. But we have a lot to talk about, about this concept of light. Some of us will be saying, what is this idea of light in scripture? Like, well, God is light. But what does it mean? Like, does that mean literally God's in LED light bulbs? No. Because there's no fire in LED. It's only candles. (laughs) No, like it's. It has nothing to do with the physical light that you see. It's the concept. It's this idea of what light does. And that's where this parable comes from, this whole idea comes from. So we're going to look at this idea of light as it pertains specifically to this idea of Christ being the light of the world and all of this. Okay. So what I'm talking about is not other places in Scripture where it's like, and the sun shone on the earth like light. Like, no, that's just talking about light. It's not what we're going to talk about today. Did I make it clear? Okay? So everything I'm talking about from this point on is that. This concept comes up in the book of Matthew nine times. This specific concept about this light idea, specific to the light of the world, Christ, this kind of idea. Mark talks about it twice. Luke talks about it 13 times. And John talks about it 24 times. He had to one-up everybody, y'all know. So... But John opens us with this understanding of light and what the idea of it in John chapter 1. And that's where we're going to start right now is John chapter 1, verse 1. One of the most beautifully written pieces of literature and scripture, in my view, if you, if you heard it in in the Hebrew uh, language, cause this is actually Hebrew. It's, it's written in Greek and we say it in Greek and everything like that, but it would have been like quoted in Hebrew. And I heard, uh, if you actually Google John 1-1 in, in Hebrew, it's kind of cool cause you kind of, even in their speech, you hear this rhythmatic kind of a pattern. In Greek, it, you still kind of hear it because there's a lot of the same word, but it's this really interesting thing. This is called a cosmic hymn. So it's like, it's a poem, okay? Now, before I start reading this and we really start defining things, I've got a lot of words to define. Like I said, I am not going to like super rush through this. So I am sorry to your butt for setting so long, if it takes long. It may go faster than I think. I have no clue. I need to say this. I think we can say this together before we read this. All scripture is given for spiritual understanding and natural application. So what we are about to begin to read is supposed to give us spiritual understanding to know how the Spirit of God works, how things work, and then we go and use it in our lives. That's what we need to remember as we read all this. Let's begin to read, and I'm going to not be able to define every single word in this whole thing, but we're going to focus in on the ideas that we need to. So let's read John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were were made by him and without him nothing uh, made was made that was made verse 4 and in him was life and the life was the light of men verse 5 and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not let's stop right there verse 5 real quick let's break this down what is john saying he's actually telling us two stories simultaneously, because John's a what? Literary ninja. He knows what he's doing. So he's telling us a story that happens to happen twice. Yeah, the story happens twice. He's telling us the story of Genesis 1, and he's telling us the story of Jesus being created and born telling us both of these things simultaneously, and you're like, no, there's a difference in Adam and Jesus. Well, yeah, like several thousands of years, but we're going to look at a scripture in a couple of weeks where Jesus is called the last Adam. What is that in reference to? They were these are the only two that we know of that God ever tells us about that were created in the same way, directly with the breath of God. One may say spirit of God. One may say life. Okay? So that's what he's telling us, these, these stories, Okay. Now, he gives us a definition of this light of men idea, which is, in him was life, and this life was the light of men. The light shined in darkness, and the darkest darkness comprehended it not. This word life is super important. We talked about it briefly on Wednesday and the week before. The word life doesn't mean just, everybody breathe, to let it out, you're alive. Like, you know, it actually has to do with, the word actually is zoe, and it has to do with a quality of life. Like, 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 it's an existence that is this very specific quality in which something better than you've got, it's, it's commonly referred to as a joy-filled life, this abundant life. What is that? It is the life of knowing God. That's what that word means. Like, I know y'all are like, like life. It's like the thing worthy to be called having a life. Like, you don't get a life. Well, they're living, aren't they? Why do we say that? Get a quality of life that's worth calling it life. The irony is, is we always say that, and we mean like go get busier, and really it's like go know God. So this idea of life is much bigger. It's this quality of life. It's like knowing God. It's almost like what was in Genesis, because you notice it says this life was, this is a past tense, so this whole phrase becomes a past tense phrase. So when this life, this quality of life of God was, it was the light of men. So this word light right here, it has kind of two meanings. They work together like all, all at the same time. It means to shed light or like, like to put light on it so you can to see it. Like, to, you know, like right now the lights are on me, right? Y'all have got candles. You're probably like putting them by your notes so you can write and stuff, right? Like, it's, it's the idea of shedding light on to look at so you can see something, and it's this idea of manifestation. Now, we don't use the word manifestation that much in our day and age and language, but it means like to cause it to be, to appear, to be like tangible. That's what this word light. So what it's saying is this life, this quality of life with God was the very thing that shined the light on men and the, and the very thing that caused them to manifest. What is he referencing? Genesis 1. Y'all know, see, yeah, y'all know this is why I get so excited because we're starting with Genesis today, which is amazing to me. <laughs> it's Genesis 1. What does it say when he creates man? Formed him in his image and blew his breath. Was The life, the zoe, this quality of life to be directly with God. And that was the thing that made us physically manifest. And it was the thing that showed us understanding. But the darkness, so the light shines, but the darkness could not comprehend it. And we read that like the darkness just doesn't understand light. Darkness doesn't have a brain. It's just dark. Let me ask you this. Put this on for size for a minute. A lot of y'all think about this for a minute. Is darkness the presence of something or the absence of everything? It is the absence of light is darkness. So this comprehend, this word doesn't mean like, and the darkness was like, what is this newfound Light. The word comprehend has nothing to do with that. It means to possess, meaning the darkness could not grab hold. It couldn't squelch it. It couldn't stop it. That's what the darkness could not possess the light. It couldn't stop it. It couldn't contain it. It could not do that. What is that in reference to Genesis 1, 1? God creates the heaven and the earth, the earth is without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water, and God, what? Said, breath, life, zoe, life, and light exists from this point on. Y'all seeing that? That's what he's all referencing. you are like, what does this have to do with the parable of this little light of mine? You're going to see it. So the darkness couldn't contain this thing. And then he goes on in verse 6. We're going to read this. This is just so we stay in, in continuity with it. Verse 6 says, And there was a man sent from God whose name was John. So now he's referencing John the Baptist, right? Verse 7, And the same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light. So John was not that light. The reason this is written in there, by the way, because there was a whole group of people that were like, No, John is the Christ. Like, and he's like, No, 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 no. <laughs> John is not. And he's saying it right here, okay? He's not that light. But he was sent to bear witness. Bear witness means to point it out, like to to be like, yes, that is the light. I see it, I recognize it, right? We understand this when we give testimonies and courts and stuff like that. What do you say? You you, you, witness. What do you mean? Did you see it? Do you see it? you recognize it? So he said, that's all John was here to do. Wouldn't you like that as as your message? Which is your entire message. You just point. (laughs) Not me. Don't look at me. I'm going to mess it all up. Look over there. So he sent to bear witness of that light. Verse 9. That was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. Verse 10. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. And he came into his own, and his own did not receive him. And then we continue on. As many um, received him, they came into power to become the sons of God even them that believed on his name. And then John starts already peppering in some beautiful things that we've already started reading about, about being born again, which were born not of blood, but, uh, uh, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So you see what he's doing right here. Begotten of the Father, you see what he's doing right here. And some of y'all are like, No, I don't see it. Go back and watch last week because that's exactly what we talked about was that idea right there. Now, let's talk about all this because there's a whole lot in here. He was the true light, this light, every man in the world, and there's a lot about the world here. There's a lot of world going on. But, guys, if you would like to spend several hours with me, I will be happy. These are not all the same word world. The word world occurs like six times right here, and there's four different meanings to these words. We're not going to dive into all of them. We're going to dive into the important ones. If you want the rest of them, they're in the notes. Okay. Now, before I say there are four different meanings, and you're like, ooh, what does one mean? It's not hidden information. We've already talked about this, right? It's all in the same context meaning, but it has different applications to it. Okay. There's one world, word world, which is the word cosmos, which means a system of orderly arrangement like Cosmos that we live in. Then there's another one that is an orderly arrangement, adorned type thing. It's a beautiful type creation, and that's specific to men, mankind, okay? Not like a man, but mankind, our species. And this is a orderly arrangement. Now we've talked about this, so hopefully I don't have to go through this over and over and over and over again, but this orderly arrangement is in Genesis. It's the way man was originally created. We read it on Wednesday, for God so loved the world, and that word world there meant the orderly arrangement of a man, specific to man, the way we were originally created. Pray, do tell, how was that originally created? (sighs) Okay, well, we flunked that test. The breath of life, so direct communication with God. Y'all seeing this? So let's look real quick. That was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. And guess what that word world is there? The system of orderly arrangement for a man. (laughs) Y'all aren't reading this. He is the true light, which lights, which sheds light upon every man that comes into this orderly arrangement. So y'all thought like, everyone that ever walks on planet earth, Jesus is just the light. Not if they don't look at it. I, I have to give all this understanding. Why would there be this argument throughout all of the Old and New Testament about you're the sons of the devil, you're the sons of God, you're the sons of man. You're the. Son- Why is there dif- this differential that tends to constantly happen between the two? I'm just letting it percolate for a minute. What? It's the idea of you are of the natural. You are here in natural knowledge. You do not perceive spirit. You are not spirit. You have nothing to do with it. And then over here, you're all about the spirit. And then when you are all over here, then Christ can shed some some light on the subject. This is the born-again concept that we read on Wednesday. This is what's being attested. So what it's saying is that Christ can do all this and make you manifest if you step into this orderly arrangement. (laughs) Okay, I'll have to leave all this alone. Now, verse 10 has the word world several times. There's a lot of worlds here, and it keeps pointing back to, like, in the world, in his orderly arrangement, because Christ was in the proper arrangement. We call this righteousness. And then, uh, but but the the world was made by him. Then it switches. This world is the orderly arrangement that is the cosmos. Like, that was made by him. But the world knew him not. Now, that's the orderly arrangement of a man that doesn't belong to Christ. So that's the opposite of him. Y'all see that? Do I need to give that real quick? I'll break that back down. (laughs) The first world is he was in the world. He was in his proper righteousness, orderly arrangement. And it was all made by him. The cosmos and the system, everything that exists came. And then, but it knew him not. What? Because darkness can't comprehend. It can't possess. It didn't know That orderly arrangement, it only knew its arrangement. I'm supposed to read a whole lot more, guys, and I just... (laughs) You should be seeing a whole lot of awesome stuff right here. Let's jump real quick now. So that's a good just pretext of the concept of this light. This light is the life that God had originally intended. It makes manifest the physical and the spiritual world, it sheds light upon things. That's this idea of light. Now, let's keep going. John chapter 3. Oh, yeah, we were there just on Wednesday, but we stopped. We read this, but we didn't define it detailed. detail. John chapter 3, verse 19, okay? This is just a few verses after, for God so loved this world. And verse 19 says, And this is condemnation, that the light has come into the world, but men loved darkness, their orderly arrangement, that can't comprehend God's orderly arrangement, rather than this light, because their deeds were evil. And y'all don't get me started on this word. Evil It's the word paneros in Greek, and it means full of labors, annoyances, and toils. Because you like it. (laughs) Yes, you in your natural state loves darkness, misery, and chaos. No, I don't. I want to get out of it. No, you don't. You choose it tomorrow. You're going to choose it again. Prove me wrong. I'd love you to. That's actually what I do this every week, is so we can prove each other wrong. No, I don't want that. I want this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Verse 20. For he that does evil hates the light. Ouch. Isn't that harsh? Man, Jesus, ease up a little bit. Neither can it come into the light. What? What is this light? It is this orderly, the way that God, it can't come into this life. It can't. Lest his deeds be reproved, that is like corrected, like year of correction. Unless you observe those deeds, because what does light do? If you're going to come into it, all your deeds, he's going to shine the light on it. Not exposure, because he's trying to get you like on 60 minutes and tell all your details. Shine light on it so you see the error of your ways and then you say, that's not what I want. I want this life. Are y'all seeing this? This is like basic, just concept. You're like, yeah, I've got this. No, you don't. Verse 21. But he that does truth comes into the light that his deeds may be, what? Manifest. Here's the other side of that light. That are wrought or worked in God. These are the works of God. Hmm. Okay, let's go to John chapter 9. I'm just giving you a bunch of verses to lay this whole thing out. John chapter 9, verse 5. This is, this is Jesus uh, um, speaking. And we're just gonna read, read this one verse. I know y'all are like, but what about context? I'm gonna give you all the context as the weeks goes on, but I just gotta. I just got to show you all the mentions because when you go back and watch this in like four weeks, you're going to be like, verse five right here in chapter nine says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. That's what Jesus is saying, what is he saying right here? There's this world thing again. You're in the world, but not of the world. Get out of the world. Yes. Get out of man's orderly arrangement and into God's orderly arrangement. This is called righteousness. God's over here. This is called wickedness. It's twisted. It's upside down. It's all kinds of wrong. See, we always say that God's kingdom is upside down. No, his is right side up. Yours is upside down. Yours just seems to please you better. Okay. So Jesus says, as long as I'm in the world. Now, this word world here means as long as I am in this, this system, this cosmos, this thing that exists right here. Telling us what? That he won't be physically here forever. Forever. Like He's saying that quite blatantly, over and over again. Disciples don't get it. He's saying, as long as I'm here, I am this light. I am this thing that will shed light on things that you don't understand and know. I'm going to confront you with these things. I'm also going to make things manifest, like, I don't know, like a bunch of healings and signs and wonders and just all kinds of stuff like that that he tends to do, to make things manifest. And what is he trying to make manifest? The kingdom of God. Okay, let's just keep going on. I ain't got time. Let's go back a chapter, actually, for fun. Y'all want to? I want to. Now, this is Jesus. In John chapter 8, we're going to start at verse 12, okay? This is happening right after, okay? This is a separate conversation, but if you want to know what happens right before, this is the woman caught in the act of adultery, okay? And then Jesus is talking to someone else at a different time, not connected, just like separate, separate writing, okay? I just wanted you to know what came before it. And then Jesus spake again unto them, okay? Who is he talking to? It tells us a little bit later. It's the Pharisees again. So he's, he's kind of chatting with them again, and he says this. He says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me should not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I mean, he makes it clear as day. This light that I'm referring to is this life, this zoe-type life, this quality of life to know God. And I am the walking embodiment of that right now. Like, look at how I do things, what I do, what I say, how I think. Just observe, please. I will shed light on the things that are different between you and I. And if you follow me, you walk out. And I love how this The, the word walk means to be employed by or to be occupied with. We did a series, uh, a, a discussion a long, long time ago called Preoccupied. See, we're supposed to be occupied with the kingdom, but we're, we're preoccupied. We're occupied before we can occupy that, so there's no occupation of the kingdom. Jesus says it, and we're going to look at this in a, in a couple of weeks, where he says, Hey, the fields are white unto harvest. Like, there's tons, but there's no laborers. There's no one that wants to work because they're preoccupied. Am I hitting too hard right now, Sharon? I feel like everybody's just like, Can we go? Whew. I knew I was going to be way more excited than you guys. (sighs) Huh? Let's do one more in John, and then we'll shift gears, shall we? There's, There's more, obviously. There's 24 locations we could look at if we wanted to. Well, some of them are in the same location. Let's go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 verse 7. We're going to read a couple of verses here. Now if you're wondering like, well, why didn't you give us all the pretext? Because I just want you to see this concept that he lays out every time he's in these these conversations. He keeps pointing to this idea. And this right here is John chapter 11. We're going to start at verse 7. After this, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, he said, let's go unto Judea again. And I love this. His disciples said to him, Master, the Jews have of late have sought to stone thee, and you want to go there again? <laughs> Guys, <laughs> Jesus is like, hey, I know we just ran from that place. Let's go back. What do you think about that? And they're like, hey, did you forget that the recent, like the Jews that are there, so he says of late, meaning it wasn't that long ago. They just tried to stone you and we left. And you want to go back? And Jesus says, <laughs> Jesus' response is, by the way, just come on, you guys, just imagine. Just, this, this is someone's response to that question. Like, you want to go back to potentially be stoned? And he says, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walks in the day, he won't stumble because he sees the light of this world. Verse 10, but if he walks at night, he'll stumble because there's no light in him. Jesus, I didn't ask you about if it's daytime or nighttime. I asked you why you want to (laughs) die. Right? Like he doesn't respond in the way you would assume a conversation would go. Right? Now this is an interesting phrase that he says here. Are there not 12 hours in a day? You're like, there's 24. Uh." (laughs) He's referring to the sunlight time period, okay? So what he's saying is, if any man walks, What does walks mean? It means to be occupied by. If any man is occupied by and walking and doing things during the day, he won't stumble around because he sees the light of this world. Now, what light is that referring to? The sun. (laughs) But is it only referring to the sun? Because the very next verse is if a man walks in the night, he stumbles because there's no light in him. Wait. Does that make any sense to you guys? If you walk in the day, the sun shines on you so you don't stumble. But at night, you don't have headlights. No, what is he doing? He's showing that, yeah, I'm using a natural thing you understand. Darkness and light. I'm gonna sh- if you walk in the day, you see the sun, you don't stumble. But if it is dark outside, you don't have light in you, and you're just a part of the darkness. He's doing a dual meaning here in the natural, painting them a picture in the natural so they can understand what? Something Spiritual, because there's no light in him. And then he goes on and says, here's why we're going back, because Lazarus is asleep, and we're going to wake him up. We'll get to that later. Guys, isn't it odd that he says there's no light in him? Let's kind of look at this just just briefly. What is is he saying? He's saying, listen, there is light here. Why? Because he's the light of the world, and he's here right now. He's physically embodied at this moment, and he's saying, I got some work to do. What 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 does he say, and and, and what's the first thing we ever have Jesus saying when he's like a young man? He says, hey, his parents will lose him, right? And what does he say? I'm about my father's business, occupied by this thing. So he's saying, I am still here, so now we must go risk getting stoned, because i got to go do this work. And as you read, when you talk about Lazarus, it's like he kind of opens the door to some understandings here, which we're not getting to today. I'm going to behave, and I'm going to move on. He says, but when it's night, when there's darkness... You're gonna stumble. Guys, what does stumbling mean? Like, what's a word that we use a lot about like stumbling and missing the marks and like sin? He's straight up saying that if you walk, (laughs) this hurts so good. If you walk in the light, in the upright, you don't sin. You don't miss the mark. You hit your intended goal. You hit your purpose. But when you're in the dark, you're going to miss the purpose. So here's a great way to know how much in the kingdom of God you are is to look and say, am I hitting my mark? Now, you got a bigger question to say, I don't even know what I'm aiming for right now, to be honest. (laughs) You first got to know that. I already gave you that answer. We sang about it all morning, to know him. Make that the first mark, and then on your way, he'll start laying out all the little things you need to do. (laughs) This is pretty squeaky. (laughs) Mm. Guys, okay, get get, get your lights. Get your little lights. Now, if I was, I was going to do it. I'll behave because of time. I was gonna shut off all the lights and tell everybody to change seats by like two rows up and three chairs over with your little lights. It's dark. You got a little bit of a light, but it's kind of hard to see, right? What if I turned off all the lights and you didn't have that candle? This room gets mighty dark. <laughs> I gotta tell y'all a story. It's kind of funny. So you remember? Well, some of you don't, but. Early, early on, when I first started the idea of moving chairs around, my dad was not quite familiar. And mind you, he built this building. So he was quite familiar with how many steps it took him to get from here to there. And we had some chairs like right in the entrance, because we at that time actually were doing a divergent series and we had five groups of chairs (laughs) and there used to be a sound booth back there. And when he turned that corner, he thought, well, it's like four or five steps. And he goes, bam, and hits all the chairs because there was no light in him. This is what it is like spiritually. Now, this is John's way of telling us about this idea of Christ being the light that's in the world that sheds light on, that makes things manifest, right? The physical world, we read that in the beginning of John, where he says like all things are made manifest by it. He's also over here talking about like it sheds light on things It shows if you're not in the, if you're not in the light, you're gonna stumble, mess up, fall. This is, John's kind of painting it in a much more spiritual walkout way. Jesus just goes straight to it and gives you like, here, do you do this? No, so stop doing it spiritually. That's like the sum up of what we're about to read, okay? Okay. Can we say that? This is what Jesus is about to tell us. Okay. What we're about to read is about, I'm giving you the answer beforehand. So you're not confused when we're reading it. Jesus straight up says, do you do this in the natural, in your daily life? When you pick up an actual candle, is this how you treat the candle? No. So why in my name are you doing it? Get that in mind God's name. But Why are you doing it in your spiritual walk? That's what he's saying. That's what we're about to read. So let's, let's jump. Let's go to Matthew five. Y'all cool? I'm hot. I was actually not meaning cool. See, there's a definitional difference. I, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't. I was making sure y'all were good. All right, now this is right after the Beatitudes, if you know what that is. All the blessed are the these and blessed are the those and blessed are the blessed are the blessed artists. We're going to read that later. But right here, this is Jesus speaking in Matthew. We're going to read verse 13 through 16. And he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, where shall it be salted? Henceforth, it's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden on by the foot of men. Verse 14, ye are the light of the world. Wait, I thought Jesus was the light of the world. But now he's saying you are. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill. It cannot be hidden. Sorry, a song was just going through my head by Audio Adrenaline right now. Uh, (laughs) Verse 15, neither... Okay, here's here's the natural thing that you wouldn't do. So why are you doing it spiritually? Right here. Jesus says, neither does a man light a candle and puts it under a bushel. No. But he puts it on a candlestick. What does a candlestick do? It holds it up so you can see it. And it gives light to all that are in the house. Verse 16 so let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're going to stop right there. Now, where some of you guys are going with this is I'm going to be proud of my faith and show it to the world. Jesus saves t-shirt! <laughs> That's not what this is referring to at all. Now, I'm not making fun of if you have shirts like that. I'm not, you know, hey, we, we may, I'm, I'm not saying that. But if you think that's what this is talking about, you are sorely, sorely mistaken. Let's break it down because there's actually some cool understanding here, guys. Are you cool? I'm way more excited than you guys. Ariel, help me out. All right. You are the salt of the earth. Salt. Let's talk about salts for a minute. This is metaphorical. While, yes, there is salt in your actual body, he is not referring to your chemical makeup. He is referring to something spiritual. So he's saying, You, what you're supposed to be, is the salt of the earth. This word salt means, <laughs> this is so cool, guys. It has this idea and understanding two things this ability of self control, like prudence. It's super important, and you can control it. <laughs> self control. I don't think we're salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other side of salt means like a sacrifice that you're going to sprinkle. Like you're, it's, like, it's like the thing that gets sprinkled on the sacrifice. Think about this for a minute. Come on. Let's just put our spiritual thinking caps on. It has two meanings. One of them is in reference directly to The fruit of the Spirit. (laughs) Okay? Directly. (laughs) Self-control, which is like one of the first ones that's mentioned. Okay? Meaning that you are in a state in which you are constant, consistent, and you're focused on one thing. And the other side of this concept of salt means the thing that's going to be sprinkled on, a sacrifice. Like the sacrifice that's going to be sprinkled upon. So there was a sacrifice. And then like something's supposed to be a sweet smell into the nostrils of God. That's your life being constantly sacrificed because his already was, and you're just supposed to be the icing on the cake. Salt on cake doesn't make sense, so I said icing. Y'all you know, get the similarity, I hope. So you are supposed to be this thing that's sprinkled on sacrifice. You're supposed to be sacrificed. Uh, and you are supposed to be the thing that is endowed with the Spirit of God. You're like, where's he getting all this from? Well, I'll, I'll prove it all to you later. But the, the, if you want to go research the concept of salt, metaphorically speaking right here, you're the salt of the earth. Now, this word earth is like the thing that exists here, this planet, this, this entire system. But if the salt, <laughs> if the thing that is supposed to be sprinkled on the sacrifice or the thing that is supposed to maintain the spirit of God and have self-control and prudence and all this stuff has lost its savor... And you're like, oh, it's flavor. It doesn't taste good anymore. (laughs) That word savor means to become foolish. (laughs) Direct, like go ahead and look it up in the Strong's. That word savor means to become foolish. If the thing that's supposed to be sprinkled on my sacrifice becomes dumb, if the thing that is supposed to have self-control doesn't have that thing, then what is it? Useful for nothing. It says, whereas what it shall be salted. The word salted means sprinkled. So see how he's tying it back to the sprinkling idea? See, see, this is something we don't understand. A lot of writings in all of the Bible, Old Testament and New, has something called parallelism, which means they say it twice or something has two meanings. It's paralleled together. It's one idea but two, two concepts that make a whole. Does that make sense? This is what he's doing right here. So this where it will be salted, what would it be sprinkled upon? Because you don't put... A foolish person. (laughs) Now someone in their head just right now, well, I can disprove him. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise. That foolish means something very different than this foolish. That foolish means something that we would deem in our orderly arrangement to be dumb, but it's not actually dumb because we're upside down. This foolish means literally dull of hearing. Foolish. You're not hearing wisdom. So... It's good for nothing, but to be cast out. That's very interesting. If you want to go research where cast out appears everywhere, you're going to find something kind of interesting with that. We're not going into that today. You are the light of the world. So now we're back to this phrase, this light of the world phrase. City on a hill that cannot be hidden. Okay. Now this this idea of sitting on a hill that cannot be, this is this idea of a dwelling place that's set up on a hill. Guys, this is also in reference to all of the, where did all the sacrifices happen? On a hill. Jerusalem is set on a hill and it is the tabernacle of God. He's he's alluding to all of the concepts right here. And you can't hide it, meaning keep it secret. So the natural understanding is, do you take a candle and put it under a bushel? Real quick, y'all wanna know what a bushel is? No. It literally means a lump of dried up wood, dead wood. Which would be your body without the life of God? Do you hide the very life that God has given you under this dead thing, under the natural? That's what that means. See, y'all thought bush bushel was like a little basket. No, it literally means like when they chop down stuff and they put all of the, the sticks together and they would bundle them together, do you set it underneath that? We need to catch you on fire a little bit, but you know. Those are all fake candles, don't worry. Do you put it underneath this dry, dead thing? No, you put it up on a stand. One maid would even say a cross so everyone can see. To give light to all that are in the house. Everyone that wants to dwell in the kingdom. So, so let your light so shine means in this manner, take this spiritual life, this life that God has given you, and let it shine before all men. Now, that does not mean just run around beating people over the head with the Bible. What this means to shine above before all men means in front of, so like in their countenance so they can see it. And it also means, this is so cool, it means to go against. Not against people, they're not your enemy, against the system that currently exists. Y'all aren't seeing this? It's cancel culture. Get rid of this culture to gain God's culture. <laughs> but okay, I'm just going to do it. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Everything the world tries to do that they say is good is twisted. It comes from an understanding from God. So this whole idea of just, I'm going to get rid of you and boycott you, where do you think that comes from? The idea of, I'm going to abandon this and get over here in this. It's just twisted and messed up because they're trying to do it in the natural, which is the thing we're not supposed to do. But we just participate in the idiocracy. Instead of saying, let me just get out of this whole system because it's just dumb. It's making me hard of hearing. I don't get it. It it only ends in death, chaos, and destruction. I'm just going to get over here in this one. Mm-hmm. So in this manner, let it shine so they may see your good works. Good means to be approved. One must study to show themselves approved. <laughs> approved works, the things that God says, and it's works, which means it's, it's some work, guys. Now, this word work does not mean labors or toils. It means action. It means employ. Are y'all seeing some similarity? I'm just saying the same thing like over and over. Well, actually, I'm not. They are. I'm just reading what they said. That they may glorify God. The word glorify literally means, guys, this is so cool. Yes, to praise. But it means to think of. So read that with that. Just simplify it. May glorify. So they'll think of your father, which is in heaven. Guys. We can just demystify it. Like, in the glory, it's a cloud. It's a gold dust. it's a... No. So the spotlight. So you become the light that spotlights God and says, there it is in all of its glory, the kingdom of God. Come on in. The water is fine. Get it? That was a plug on baptism. Okay, no. <laughs> Do you see that? So it can, yes, praise God, but it can, it can. So they'll think about God. <laughs> If you ain't thinking about them, they sure ain't going to. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. I only got this one and two more. Mark chapter 4. I just got to prove, because y'all, y'all just think I'm making this stuff up. I just got to prove it to you. Okay. <laughs> now, what we're about to read... Will help you understand this bushel idea because what Jesus says right before it talks about cutting off the things that are dead and cutting it. So that's, y'all see, he talks about it, but we're not gonna get into that today. I'm gonna behave and we're just gonna talk about this. But you'll, if you read before it, you'll see that this plays right into where he's at. Okay? So Jesus is talking right here in Mark chapter 4, verse 21, and he says unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? I like, we're just gonna sing it every time. To people put on a bushel. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Or under the bed. And not to be set on a candlestick. Verse 22 For there is nothing hid which should not be made manifest, neither was anything kept secret, but that which should become abroad. Let's let's look at this real quick. So we already understand a candle brought out and put under a bushel, yes? I I, I think I covered that pretty well, this bushel idea. But guys, this bed idea is kind of cool, too. Now, for some of you spiritual smart alecks, you may have already clicked on your strongs and looked at what it meant and all that kind of goodness. If you notice, it says a bed, but a specific type, Two types. The couch that is used for meals, this, guys, is a direct reference to the way that the Last Supper was partaken of. Y'all don't remember that? We just did it. Why do you recline? (laughs) Guys, he's drawing a light. Do you take that light, that communion, and put it under You know what the other type of bed it is? A bed for sick people. Do you take the very life that God has given you, the very Zoe quality of life, and do you submerge it underneath your own sickness? Do you put it underneath that and let that reign above that? I feel like that emoji that is this. Not because of y'all, but because of me. It's like, I've read this. I know these stories. I grew up with them. And I was just like, yeah, don't be ashamed of your faith. Like just, I'm a Christian. And sure, it has a little bit of that, like, yeah, don't be ashamed, but it's more about this action of living. It's more about this idea of I refuse to take the thing God gave me and treat it poorly and put it underneath everything else that I want to stack on top of it, my sickness, my own version of community, to put it underneath my dead body, because you're dead without the Spirit of God. It's about the action of life. What is that action of life? To follow Christ. What did Christ do? We're spending like 30 weeks at this point telling you. <laughs> oh, no, I broke my light. Good thing that our spiritual light is not with AA batteries. It's solar-powered. Get it? Sun-powered. <laughs> that was good. Okay. <laughs> Dad jokes, am I right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that was dumb. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we can have fun. Let's look at this. Okay. So under a bed, not on a candlestick. For nothing is hidden which shall be made manifest. Guys, this is him straight up saying what I told you on week one, which is the kingdom of God is not hidden away from you. It says nothing is hidden. It will be made manifest. It will be shown. It will, be, it will show up. The light will be shined upon it. Neither is it kept secret. And I love this right here, guys. This kept secret is actually one word. Um, and I want to read it specifically because I wrote it somewhere on here. Oh, I'm on a different page now. No, I'm not. Here I am. Okay. <laughs> kept secret. Yes, I am. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong side. This was my undone notes. Sorry. (laughs) Neither is it kept secret. I'm just going to click on it because I just realized I left those upstairs. I want to read it specifically because I love it. I love it. I love it. Click. Okay, here we go. Kept secret, which means like a treasure hidden. Guys, you already seen that? Something kept secret that is stored up. Lay up for yourselves, not treasures in this world. Are y'all seeing this? He's he's talking about this. And I love this other one. It means like a vault. (laughs) And I didn't know that when I named it. You see, it's not hidden. It's not locked away. It's not kept secret from you. But that it should come abroad. The word come means to arrive. I love this right here. To arrive from one place to another place. See, we just like, yeah, come, like you came somewhere. It means you left something behind. Look, that was spit. That was Holy Ghost spit right there. <laughs> you left something to obtain something else. You left one kingdom and came to another kingdom. Are y'all seeing this? And I love this word abroad. The word abroad means to into a purpose of one mind. That's what that word means. Because if it's abroad, it's everywhere, and it's everyone thinking the same thing. Guys, Acts, chapter 2. Okay. I can, I can spend a lot more time spelling it out in detail if I need to. Okay, let's just keep going. I'm sweating it's hot. <laughs> Now, what does he say in verse 23? If any man has an ear, let him hear. He says this a lot. You want to know something interesting? Remember that word savor from salt losing its, its savor? Remember, it means to be foolish or dull of hearing. So he's saying, if you got ears, don't lose your savor. Don't lose your Don't become foolish. Don't be dull of hearing as to what I'm telling you. Don't think you got it together. Don't think you're just enough in the kingdom. Listen. Okay, let's go to Luke. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Verse 16. Now, right before this, Jesus is talking about the pleasures of this life, but keeping up with the good fruit of patience. He's talking about all this kind of stuff. So he's basically talking about the same thing he always talks about, the kingdom of God and being possessed by the spirit of God in your life and all of this. And then what does he pop out with in Luke verse 16, uh, chapter 8, verse 16? He says, no man which has lit a candle covers it with a vessel. He's getting a little more specific right here in Luke's, the way Luke writes it, just a vessel or puts it under a bed, same word bed as the prior, nor sets it on a candlestick so that they may enter may see the light. Verse 17, for nothing is secret. It shall not be made, that shall not be made manifest, neither is it hid. That it shall not be known or to come abroad. Doesn't this sound quite familiar? We're reading the exact same thing, right? Verse 8, take heed therefore. here. what is this? This is Luke's way of saying, if you have an ear, listen, take heed means to not be foolish. It means to listen and apply these things. For whoever has, to him it shall be given. For Whoever has not, for him it shall be taken away, even that which he seems to have. Let's pause right there. Let's look at this. So if you've lit a candle, meaning if if it's there, right, do you cover it with a vessel? This word vessel here, guys, this is so cool. This word vessel means, yes, a container of some sort. But specifically, a container like the womb of a woman that is useful to a betrothed husband. Guys, wedding, come on. Okay, I'll spell it out for you. So there's this whole idea that, that Christ came and there's this huge party and this huge wedding and we're the bride. supposed to be a container to contain something, but it's supposed to, it's supposed to be like a womb which does not keep it in there, but births it out almost like a new birth or something and becomes something. Do y'all not see the similarities in this? Guys, these people didn't just pick rando words and be like, yeah, I think this sounds good. This will really confuse some people if we just like put it under a bed. Like who would ever do that? You'd get your bed on fire. No, this is for spiritual understanding. So you get the point that he's trying to make. And he goes to such exhaustive links that every single, every single writer of the Gospels quoted this constantly, this idea of light, to help us understand this. So take heed, right? So we already talked about being made manifest and hidden because it's not, it's going to be open, right? Because Christ is the door. He says, I've opened the door. You can enter into the kingdom. We've, we get all this. So it's going to be all to come abroad. It's going to, you're going to leave one thing and come into this next thing. And then it's supposed to be of one mind and one accord and everybody sees and hears it. It's almost like there's another scripture that says he's returned for a glorious church. And that word glory means without spot or blemish, which would also mean in unison, together. like in one. Okay. So listen to this, because whoever has him shall it be taken; it, it will be given, and whoever has not from him even it will be taken what he seems he has. I love this right here. The word, the word, take heed for the word is actually the word echo, um, which is not like to repeat necessarily, um, but it, it it means to hold or to grasp hold of, like the thing that the darkness couldn't do. When you're in the light, you can do it. You can grasp hold. And then as it keeps going on here, it says, because if you don't have, what you think you have will be taken away. And I love this. The word "seem" means to be of the opinion of, it pleased me, literally. If you read the definition, to be of the opinion of, pleased me. Like this pleased me. So the thing that you think pleases you, even that will be taken away. Now this is obviously in reference to the end of things here. Can we look at one more? We're going to look at one more. Luke 11. It's the last one we're going to look at right here. Luke 11, verse 33. Now, this is after Jesus kind of goes on a rant talking about Jonah. And we're going to talk about that later on. The phrasing he uses before this is, you know, they, they see signs, but they won't be given any signs except for the sign of Jonah, which is a direct... I mean, I'm giving this to you now, so you're not confused when we talk about it later. The sign of Jonah is in direct reference to the fact that Jonah was in the belly of a well for three days, and then he arrived on the shore, okay? So Jesus is going to die and come back in three days, okay? So he's, that's what he's talking about right before this. Verse 33, here we go again. <laughs> no man, when he lights a candle, puts it in a secret place... Or under a bushel, but on a candlestand, so that them which come in can see the light. Verse 34. The light of the body is the eye. Now we have something new. Hmm. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, the whole body is full of light. But when your eye is evil, the body is full of darkness. Oh, here we are back. Take heed, therefore. Listen. I wish, we're going to write a version that's called the Linda Listen version. And it's just going to say, everywhere it says take heed, it's going to say, Listen, Linda, therefore, that the light which is in thee is not darkness. Whoa, that's interesting. How can light be darkness? Verse 36, if thy whole body therefore be full of light, having no part of dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. And we'll stop right there. Now, let's break this apart, what he's saying. We understand this whole idea of you don't light a candle and put it under these secret places. We get in that. This light is in reference to the life that God has for you. Direct connection with him in his presence at all times. The way man was originally created. A orderly arrangement, righteousness with him. Which is what Christ was, is, is. And what we are supposed to be, okay? So we get that. I mean, we don't get it like do it get it, but like we conceptually get it, okay? So then he goes on and says, "Let me help you out with this a little bit." The light, this life, it's it's like your eye. So the light, the body, is the eye. So he's giving us this analogy that like kind of like your eyes are. Like the light, it's, it's, it's a similar idea. And it says, therefore, when your eye is single. Now, notice it doesn't say, because your eye is single. Because we're all pirates. Get it? One eye? Never mind. Uh, it doesn't say, because your eye is single. It says, therefore, when your eye is single. Meaning that it can be and cannot be single. The word single means in unity. Are we seeing this? The word single means bonded together, like a marriage. I just, I have no words. Actually, I have a lot of them, but you know. (laughs) When meaning it may not be this way, but if it is this way, hey, Apple TV, Yeah, apparently Apple TV decided. I think I said something with Siri. Uh, Jeremy, can you grab that and there's a somewhere remote and turn it off? I don't know where it is. Just because all y'all are going to start watching this, and I have no clue what Apple will pop up right here, okay? So. (laughs) All right. That's actually a really great example. Uh, Your eyes were not single. (laughs) Now see that? I'm here talking about spiritual things, and I notice everybody's eye goes off over here, and I'm like, what is happening over here? And everybody looks at it. That's you spiritually. Thank you, Apple. Okay? Like, this is exactly what we do. I think there's a power button under here. I can't do it. Just unplug them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't Velcro these remotes, Sharon. That was your job. (laughs) But do you see this? That's exactly what we do spiritually. And that's what he's saying. He's saying it can be single. And when it is your whole body, your whole life, your whole existence is full of this life, this Zoe life, this quality of life. But when it's evil, guys, this word evil is the same word I said earlier which is paneros which means full of labors, annoyances and toils. <laughs> That's the definition. That Christ uses to say, if you ain't completely in unison and focus on this thing, you are full of labors, annoyances, and toys. It's the same thing to me if you're looking off every which direction. I equate it the same. Then the body is full of this darkness idea. Guys, what did we do in Genesis? Please get this. What did we do in Genesis as soon as we went away from the thing that God told us to do? The immediate reaction is cover up. Darkness, hide it, put it away. And what does scripture say? I want to, br- I just want to. It's a nudist colony. <laughs> See, where'd your mind go? Spiritually speaking, completely exposed because everything is made manifest because there's nothing to hide. See, y'all aren't getting it. Y'all got thrown off by the nudist colony idea. Y'all ain't getting this, see, because what you guys want to do is because you know you're not in the kingdom of God, you're trying to cover up the fact that you're not in the kingdom of God, but you can't even comprehend the kingdom of God, so you're doing a poor job at covering it up. And the idea is not to cover it up. The idea is to abandon it. And it says, because if you are looking like this way and you're, you're not focused on this thing, you're just full of it. And it's not the Spirit this time. You're full of darkness covering everything up constantly. And then he says, listen, because therefore that. The light which is in you be not darkness. This is an interesting phrase. It doesn't say that you are dark. It says that the light, meaning the thing you start to shine light upon, is darkness. And it ain't God's light. It means you're pointing to darkness, <gasps> meaning you become the gates of hell. I know I'm jumping way ahead, but y'all are going to see that. Because remember, you're, you're called, lift up your head, oh ye gates. You're called a gate, an access point. Because Christ says, I'm the door, and then there's lots of doors in my kingdom. You're supposed to be the one in my kingdom making more access to, shining the light upon, sprinkling as a sacrifice. That's your job. But be careful that you're not evil. Not like evil, ugh, like evil. You're full of labors, no and tools. You can't focus on the Spirit of God. Because then what you begin to do is shine the light on other access points to create more darkness. Which then what we've already talked about is you are direct in competition with God. Which would make you the devil? <laughs> Y'all don't like that, do you? Yeah. <clears throat> Can we just, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I ain't saying you guys and I got it all together. I'm not the light of the world. I should be. I'm working on it. But I got AA batteries powering me right now. I need to, I need to upgrade. What is this trying to say? If you can look at yourself and my whole body is not full of Zoe, joy filled life, knowing God, and that's not what I see when I look at my life, then I know that my whole body is not single. My eye is not single. I am not focused on God. I didn't even catch the fact that that's all what we were singing this morning until just this moment when I just said it. Like, and I sang it. Y'all see this? He's saying, if you can observe yourself, then you know. And what does he ask of you to do? Be reproved or repent and say, I no longer want to stand in this. I'm going to stop the cover up and I'm going to shift over and let my eye be singular focused on this light to knowing God. I'm going to abandon it. Not on Sunday morning. Because it said your whole body. So be careful that the light that you don't start giving access to darkness and creating more of it which is what happened in Genesis. Remember Genesis 1.1, God takes all of the death, chaos, and destruction, flips it the way it's supposed to be, and says, now here's my man. Here's how I want things done. I want to be with you and talk with you. And what does man do? What does it choose, guys? Come on, what does it choose? It's called the tree of knowledge of good and evil, meaning I want to know what is full of labor's annoyances. I want to know what is darkness, what is like? I don't want to rely on you for it. I would like my eye to be double. I'd like to hear what you say, and then I'd like to make my own opinion of the matter. And what did it do? instituted the death, chaos, and destruction right back into the world and began to propagate so much so that then we get a story about, what does it say? Evil had covered the whole earth and God's like, Noah, let's talk, buddy. Let your eyes be single. So, I I, got to say one more thing because I skipped it, but it's too good. Ryan, you get to hear it twice. Let's just break this down. Light of the world. The word light, what does it mean? It means to shed light upon, to show something. And it means to, be ma- to manifest s- s- something, right? And the word world can refer to Basically, man's orderly arrangement, God's orderly arrangement, and then just the whole cosmos physical thing itself. We really don't care about the physical thing itself that much, right? We get that one. That's not too hard to understand. And we kind of now are understanding this idea of righteousness, God's orderly arrangement, direct communication with him, singular, focused on the spirit of God, and man's way of doing things, which is basically whatever the heck I want to do because it pleases me whenever I want to do it, and it makes me feel good, and I like darkness, and I want to create more of it because if I, I misery loves company. This is what I want. But then I'll complain about that's not really what I want. Because inside of me, it's almost like God has written his words in my heart. And I actually want to know him. But I'm kind of nervous because then he's going to make me uncover it all. And I got to deal with it all. And then. uh, So I just want my darkness. Y'all seeing this. So these are the two worlds. So Christ is two things simultaneously. Light of the world. Meaning he is shedding light on and showing the current condition of man. Saying, this is wrong and evil, this is full of labors, annoyance and toils, this is not my intent. I am the light that is pointing it out and showing it to you. We would call this like judgment, like pointing it out, like, look, do you see this issue? Simultaneously, he is the light of the world in which he is manifesting in physical form the right standing with God in direct communication. And what does he what do we say he doesn't do? He doesn't sin. He doesn't miss his mark because he's in the righteous standing, direct communication with God, doing exactly what God says to do, even when it's going to get him stoned and killed. And he knows that's what's going to happen. And he's like, God, can you change this, please? I don't want to do this. And basically, I guess God says no, because he says, all right, your will be done. Y'all see how he's the light of the world in two ways. He is showing us the error. He is showing us where we stand. And he's saying, But look at me and follow what I do. Don't just say, you, you don't just say, I believe in my heart and confess in my mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's wizard of Oz. Click, click, I'm in heaven. No. He says, follow me. Follow implies walking, implies be in the business and the occupation of this thing constantly. He's the light in two ways. Now, I also find that interesting because remember on Wednesday, we talked about son of God, son of man, right? So son of man, meaning, hey, I'm shining light on the condition of man, son of God, but I am from God. I am this righteous way that you're supposed to be living. Come on, let's go. Oh, by the way, keep your eyes singular on this. We have so many other stories about that. I'm just going to leave it alone. Guys, but you're going to have a challenge. Let's see how good you are. (laughs) Good thing God grazed on a curve. If you're wondering what I was referencing, that's Jesus. Okay, never mind. I want you to do an illustrative act for me this whole week. It's really not for me. It's for your understanding of God. And we have to, because we are so, I mean, I feel like Paul, and this is speaking to me too. We're so naturally minded that we can't even speak about spiritual things. So to help show us even more the spiritual thing, because we're about discipleship here. Yes. Not just, hey, yeah, good sermon. Oh, what well, he said some cool things and defined some Greek stuff. and yay. No, I want you to completely change who you are to become Christ. So that's what I'm gonna try to do. That's what you're supposed to try to do. So we are gonna do something in the natural this entire week to try to remind us of what we're supposed to be doing spiritually our entire lives. Because all of scripture is given to us for spiritual understanding and natural application. So we're about to apply something in the natural that should help us understand spiritually how far off the mark we are. Not so we can feel bad and beat up ourselves, so we can look and say, I see the path back. Because what does the light do? It lights the path. You're all seeing this. Okay, pick up a candle. Oh, tea light only, Taryn says you can't have the big lights. You gotta grow it yourself. A tea light candle, the little ones, if you don't know what a tea light is, there should be plenty of them. All week long, your job is to take that candle with you everywhere you go.